settled. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time and thank you for your word. Thank you for another incredible opportunity you've given us, O Lord, to study your word. Father, the clutter of the day, the things we wanted to get done, the things we could have gotten done, Father, allow us to put those things aside so that we could understand you and see you plainly for who you are as God Most High. So take now the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts and make them acceptable to you and only you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, just a couple of uh, announcements. Um, first of all, a disclaimer uh, regarding Sunday's announcement as to who was going to be teaching this class. I don't know the person. <laughs> My name is Patrick Rutherford. And um, like you, I am a student of the Word. And that's what we're here to do tonight. Um, I understand you've been studying through Romans. Uh, what an incredible opportunity. And um, I'm sure that that process is going well. What I hope to do tonight is, in keeping with the inductive method of study, I want to show you a very simple uh, way or method of study that allows you to be able to dig those truths out for yourself. I'm sure many of you, uh, if you're anything like myself, have sat uh, in an audience or sat in a teaching session with Pastor Lee and have said, boy, one of these days, I wish I could handle God's Word just like Pastor Lee. Am I the only one? Yeah, I, I knew there were others. And so, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to take a closer look at this method of study that we call the inductive method, and we're going to use a very familiar passage. You'll, you'll see what I mean in a minute. Tonight, we're going to take a look at a very familiar passage, Psalm 139. If you'd flip it over for me, and open it up, and... Um, what you have there is uh, a copy of Psalm 139 in the New American Standard. So what you have there, one of the first things we want to do as far as studying inductively is observe the text. What does it say? Okay? One of the things I like to do personally, personally um, as far as my quiet time, is I like to study through the Psalms. And what I'll do with the Psalms is I will take a chapter... Um, obviously I can't do this with Psalm 19 because Psalm 119 because Psalm 119 is fairly long but what I would do is I'd mark all the references to God make a list and I would pray through it and so what I want to do tonight um, with the time that we've been given is mark a word make a list and pray through it how about that? okay one of the easiest things to do in observing the text is usually you look for people, places, or events. In the psalm, one of the easiest things to mark, or one of the easiest keywords to mark, is the references to God. So here's what we're going to do. Take your pens, and with a triangle, with a triangle, let's mark all the references to God. Okay? It's not up there, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to follow along in your Bibles for, for 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 briefly. It starts out saying who, oh who, oh Lord. So what do you want to do with Lord? Put a triangle over it, okay? 
There's a triangle. Now, if you have trouble with a triangle, use a square or a circle or underline. Okay? For those of you who are artistically challenged like I am. Alright? I got kicked out of kindergarten art. Alright? Oh, who? And what are we doing with Lord? Okay? Oh, Lord, who? You. Who's the you there? Wait, wait a minute, but I thought we were just marking Lord. All the references to Lord. You is a pronoun, alright? Oh, Lord, who? You have searched me and known me. Verse 2, who? Still referring to the Lord? With a triangle. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You still with me? Who? You, who? You referring to the Lord. You with a triangle. Understand my thought from afar. Verse 3, who? You, Lord, with a triangle. Scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, who? You know it all. Verse 5 starts out with a pronoun referring to the Lord who? You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Alright? So how many times we've had the Lord's name marked so far? References to the Lord. How did you know? You counted what? You counted nine what? Triangles. Okay, let's go on. Verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, who? You are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there... Whose hand? The Lord's hand, right? Even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even in the dark, even the darkness is not dark to who? And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike. To who? You. Referring to the Lord, right? Let's go on to verse 13 then. For who? For you, the Lord, formed my inward parts. Who did the weaving? Who wove me? You, the Lord. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to who? You the Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. Some of y'all know this by heart. Hey, And my soul knows it very well. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Verse 16, your eyes, that's the Lord's eyes, right? 
your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book were written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. You have to verse 18, correct? Verse 17. How precious also are your thoughts of me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. So you have a bunch of little triangles from verses 1 to 17. Verse 18 is there? Oh, we got one more verse? Oh, verse 18. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with who? You. Somebody count real quick. How many, how many times uh, are there references to the Lord there? How many? 27. 27 times. Usually when we make observations of key words, um, it gets repeated quite a bit, doesn't it? What I'm hoping to do is to take the fear out of Bible study. I was, I was down in Barbados um, a couple of years back and was meeting with um, some pastors. And you'd be surprised that even um, people who've been at this for a long time are still intimidated to say, hey, that's what the text says. So, like the exercise we did with the tennis... And just recording the facts. Here's what we're going to do tonight. You're going to make your list. We're going to make a list of Psalm 139 of all the references to God. We're just going to record the facts. Pastor Lee would usually ask, what does the text say? Right? He'll say, look at it. What does it say? So let's ask ourselves the same question about Psalm 139. What does the text say? about God. Now, here's where we're going with this. Tonight, we're going to make a list, and then I'm going to challenge you to do something that's really, well, I think is really cool, okay? So let's make our list of, I'm going around here, Nathan. Nathan's going to start throwing things at me. Let's make a list. Um, now, you got some space there on the right-hand side of the margin, so you can make your list right there. Okay? Looking at verse 1, what does the text say? Does he give his name? Does, the, does David say who he is? Says, Lord. Okay? Remember the tennis? Some of you said, someone asked, I think it was Pastor Tom, is that a sneaker or a tennis? Okay? So, all we're doing is recording the facts. Lord. Jehovah. What else do we learn from it? What else does it say? And I'm just recording it. I'm going to try to use the same words from the text. What else does it say? It says, you have searched me. Okay? So I just write that. Notice too, what do I have at the end of that statement? You've searched me. I have the verse and the number. Okay? That's very important. That's where I know how to find that truth, that fact about 
uh, what, what it says. Okay? Uh, what else does it say? You know me. I was making this list again today and I kind of felt all of a sudden real small. He searched me. He searches us. David says he knows us. Hmm, isn't that interesting? What else does the text tell us about the Lord? That's what it said? You know, when I sit down, it's like he knows we're sitting down here tonight, right? Does the text tell us anything else? What, what, what verse are we in, by the way? Verse 2. And again, I'm trying to use the same words from the text. Does the verse tell us that he, does he know anything else about us? You know when I rise up. You know when I sit down. You know when I rise up. Y'all are having too much fun with this. What else does it say? You understand my thought from afar. This one really bothered me. And then the biggest smile on my face came. I'll tell you why in a couple of minutes. He understands our thoughts from afar. What else does the text say? I hear some mumbling. Alright, you scrutinize my path. What on earth does that mean? I don't know, we're just recording the facts. We're just recording the facts. When you go home and try this tonight on Romans 8, on Romans 8 you're going to be there a while, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Alright? You scrutinize my path. Does, he, does, he, does, does David say he scrutinizes anything else? So he scrutinizes my path. He scrutinizes my lying down. That's verse 3. Look at the end of verse 3. What, did, what else does verse 3 tell us about God? He's acquainted with our ways. Oh, He's intimately acquainted. You're intimately acquainted with some of my ways. I thought I was going to get you on that one. Are we on verse 4? Oh Lord, you know it all. What does he know? What does the text say he knows all of? From before I even say it? Is it, what is it? Someone read verse 4. Just a little louder. I mean, this is a juicy passage. Just a little louder. 
Even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all. Let's go on. Let's, we're just recording the facts. We'll come back and look at some of these things, what it means in a minute. But all we're doing is recording the facts, what it says. What does it say? Alright? What else we, does it say about the Lord in verse 4? Or if you're through with verse 4, let's go into verse 5. You've done what? You've enclosed me. You've enclosed me behind and before in verse 5. That's what it says, right? You still with me? Okay, okay. You've enclosed me behind and before. You laid your hand upon me. Look at verse 6. Let's read verse 6 together. We're making the list. Checking it twice? No. Alright, so we're making a list. We're recording just the facts. Okay? Uh, for example, let's say we got here tonight and we met a body on the floor. Someone clothed in their right mind gets on the phone and they call the police. They call the ambulance. The police officer gets here. Um, he stops at the gate. He asks whoever the first person. He says, he says, what happened over there? And we say, well, there's a body on the floor. And he says, oh, maybe it was just a heart attack and he speeds off. Who would we say about that police officer? He's not doing his job. As a matter of fact, the police commissioner is going to get a couple of calls tonight, wouldn't he? What would a good police officer do? Investigate, Lisa says. And how, what would part of his investigation be? Gathering the facts. Now, I've never seen a police officer at the scene of a crime, but I can tell you what I see they do on television. They whip out their notepad, right? If he's Columbo. And what does he start doing? He's making observations. He's asking questions. Well, who all were in the house? Who saw the body first? How many cars were in the parking lot? Well, I don't know. Well, give me a rough idea. Were the lights on? This is before he even touches the, the body. I need names of the witnesses. He's just gathering facts. Why is he doing that? He's bringing the investigation together. It could be that the person there on the floor passed out with a heart attack. We don't know, but we haven't gathered all the facts to make that assessment. So all we're doing right now is recording the facts. What does it say? What does it say? What does it say? Let's go on. Oh, we're going to run out of time. You know what? Let's not go on. Let's just look at these first six verses because I really want to see, I want you to see something really cool about how important finding out what the text says. Three components of inductive study. Observation, interpretation, application. You've heard that. What does it say? What does it mean? What do we do with it? We're going to try to get a little taste of all of that tonight. Go back to the beginning of your list. Uh, 
which says, O oh Lord. Now, here's where the use of... Um, uh, how many of you go to Calvary's uh, website often? One, two... Yeah, listen, on Calvary's website, there's a link to Blue Letter Bible. Okay? If you click on that gizmo, listen, you just... It'll, it'll come up on the screen, Blue Letter Bible, and if you wanted to do, say, Romans 8, you just type in Romans 8, you could get it in whatever translation you want, and uh, you can even get it with the strong numbers on it, and it'll give you what some of those words mean, like what we're going to talk about tonight. For example, Oh Lord, the, 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 the word there is Jehovah, that's God's covenant name. Now, if you know anything about covenant, God does everything by covenant. Everything God does in, in the Word of God is, 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 is with His, is with God's His promises to, to, to Israel and His promises by extension to us. Okay? So, when He says, you have searched me, this is, this is, this is the all existing God. David says, you have searched me. Any, any idea what that word means? And again, if you went to Blue Letter Bible, you just click on the word search, and it'll pop up, it'll give it you what the word means in, in the Hebrew. Here's what it means. It means to examine. <laughs> Actually, to examine intimately is what it means. And if you get a chance, write some of these definitions, because you're going to see what we're going to, we're going to do within a minute. Um, it means to penetrate. It would be kind of like a, a, a lawyer asking penetrating or tough questions in, in a court. Where were you on the night of... What were you doing? Why were you there at that time? Who was with you? Okay? So David says, the Lord examines me. And the idea is it isn't a one-time event. He's actively doing this. He says, you have known me. The word that means to perceive, to understand. This is a knowledge that's gained through the senses. This, this kind of describes um, God's knowledge of man. So when David says, oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. I'm going to tell you why in a couple of minutes why this makes me really uncomfortable. Because I'm not sure I know myself. <laughs> but the text says that he searched me and he knows me. He searched you and he knows you. Maybe that's why David was able to come to that conclusion in verse 6. But let's see how that plays out. It says, you know when I sit down. Is that the next one? And when I rise up. What, what comes to mind when you sit down and when you rise up? Your every movement, good. Sitting down may have to do with, you know, your times of relaxation, right? Okay? Whatever you're preparing to do next, okay? Your, your, your daily activities. So, this God, Jehovah, the all-existent one, has searched me, he's examined me, 
or is searching me, is examining me, and he knows me. He knows when I sit down. He knows when I rise up. What else does it say? He understands my thoughts. He, he discerns my thoughts. That's the idea behind understand. Uh, perceive, observe. He's paid attention to my thoughts from afar. This isn't God looking at my thoughts from afar. This is God looking at my thoughts even though I haven't thought them yet. Just the thought of that makes me want to put on my jacket. I kind of feel kind of exposed. So he searched me. He's known me. He knows when I sit down. He knows when I rise up. He understands my thoughts. He's perceived and discerned my thoughts from afar. Okay? You scrutinize my path. What do you think that word scrutinize means? Closely examine. I get the idea of, a, of an accountant going over um, the books with this term here. A detective. Sherlock Holmes, maybe. Yeah. My grandmother used to, uh, she used to uh, grow peas, pigeon peas. And um, it was fun planting them. It was fun watching them grow. But boy, there comes a day when you got to pick those bad boys. And uh, I'll never forget my fingers, the tips of my fingers being bruised. And we'd get them all. My grandmother, she, she had a big, she used to like to wear these big flowing gowns. But, but you know, those gowns could hold a lot. She probably had about two or three pounds of peas inside that gown. And she would hold them up and she would just kind of just shake it, just, just, just at the right amount, just at the right level. She'd just shake them up in the air and... She'd shake it again and blow it. Me, I had to cheat. I didn't wear a dress. So I put mine in a big bowl and shake it just a little and blow it. The idea is and we're blowing the debris away. Um, the little bits that would drop from the shelves. And if you find the occasional worm, you kind of kick them out as well. Right? That's the idea behind scrutinizing. You, you're looking, it's, um, the idea is to toss out or to toss about. Or to diffuse. Okay? And to winnow or to cast away. Now, he scrutinizes my path. And my lying down. What's the deal there? What was that, Lisa? Direction? Give me a little bit more. What are you thinking? I think Lisa's on to something. So I say, you know what? Today I am going to um, 
get this task done, I'm going to get this task done, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, and then when I get home, I'm going to do this, I'm going to cook this, and maybe if I'm finished in time, I'll watch this, and then I'll read this. And who's scrutinizing my plan? According to this. God, Jehovah, the all-existent one, right? Okay, let's go on. So, you're, he says, you scrutinize my path, you scrutinize my lying down, you are intimately acquainted with most of my ways. Y'all you know, like that word all, don't you? Intimately acquainted. So what does it mean? The whole idea is being familiar. Alright? And then the word intimately adds a stronger meaning to it. It's more than just being familiar. He's intimately familiar with all my ways. You see the word ways there? Proverbs 22.6, I think it says, train up a child in the way he should go. It's the same word. It has to do with behavior. You're bent. He's intimately acquainted with my bendedness, with my behavior. He's intimately acquainted with the way I tend to go. Kind of sounds like a shepherd with his sheep. Doesn't it? You ever, you ever prayed a prayer? One of them kind of lofty prayers. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. So I'll, I'll just put myself on the line here. But you know you've been doing wrong. And um, Spirit's kind of been convicting you about it. And you kind of dodge around the issue. And you pray for the flowers and the birds and, and the saints in China and and the Pope, and you pray for all of those things except, yeah. But what does this say? He's intimately acquainted with what? With all of my ways. You can't cover nothing up. I wonder why. Because he's acquainted. acquainted. He's God. He's the all-existent one, right? Uh, the one who existed before time began. Look at verse 4 and 5. It says, Oh Lord, you know it all. This is David coming to the place of recognition that God knows it all. Knows everything there is to know about me. Even when I accidentally killed that lizard when I was seven years old with the bucket. Even before there's a word on my tongue. Even before there's a word on my tongue? He knows it? So you may as well say it. Ooh. He already knows what you can say. He just as well say it, right? Hmm. Should it cause me to think more about what I say? 
Verhakt? You enclose me, or in other words, you encamp around me. I'm confined, right? And he does this just in front of me, right? Behind and before. He's got me enclosed. Lisa, I don't see any of this as a bad thing. But you're right. This, this, this does have a sense of protection. I think that's further reinforced in verse, the rest of verse 5. What is he doing in, verse, in, in, in the rest of the verse? Not only is he enclosing me, but he's doing what? And the psalmist says again in verse 6, such what? Such knowledge is too wonderful. Alright, let's, let's stop for a minute before I have you do this. What, what if, what if we really believed Psalm 139 verses 1 to 5? Humor me for a minute. We're going to be done in 20 minutes. So just hold on to your seats of dear life and, and we'll be through. But what if we really believe this? I got some comments up in front that we do. Um, yeah, I do. Me too. Let me be a little mean. Yeah, we wouldn't be fearful. Says that, um, let's go back. If the Lord has searched me and He knows me, any any y'all afraid of anything? Okay, I don't like dark. Any, any witnesses? I don't I don't like I don't like I I need light. <laughs> uh, as a boy, my grandmother would send me. Uh, uh, in the next room, and it's her house, the way her house was, it wasn't the switch on the wall. You had the light bulb with the string. And listen here, you don't know how hard it is to find that string in the dark and you're scared already. Because you feeling all over. And if you're not careful, you just land a 747 inside the house, you know. But how would this apply to somebody? How would these verses apply to somebody, for example, who's afraid? And the believer now, we're talking about believers. If they were to believe this, if they were to really take these truths and ask themselves the question, what does this have to do with me? It would give them comfort. What was that? It would make them face their sin. Ooh. How would I order my day in light of these truths? Precisely. I probably would reorder my day. Remember the illustration I said, well, I'll get up and do these tasks. I'll do this one and then this one and this one and this one. 
in light of these truths, what might I do now? I might ask what His will is. God, how should I go about There's an expression that goes, when people make plans, God laughs. Hmm. He scrutinized our plans. Our, our, ah, okay. How would this affect what I watch on television? Yeah, y'all like, come on, brother, brother. You're taking all the fun out of it. Is it our fault that we only have certain channels? In the first place. Listen to what David says. He says, you know when I sit down, you know when I rise up. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. You are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Okay, so I get in a fight. Not no big ding, 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 ladies and gentlemen in the blue corner. No, not that kind of fight. One of them verbal ones. You know the ones that husband and wife sometimes get in? Only me? Okay, alright. Sometimes the ones that Mona Lisa and I get in. She wants to go one way, I want to go the other way. How would this affect, how would the knowledge of this, Psalm 139 verses 1 to 6, how would that affect the way I even get into a heated conversation with my wife? I shouldn't get into it in the first place. Trusting God to give me the answer? Okay. Okay. Alright. I'm going to be a little mean here. What if, what if someone cuts me off in traffic then? If I'm focusing on that, that's right. But if I don't have this in my heart, if I don't have this on my mind, what usually is the tendency? You little... That's what they call it. They give this nice, wonderful term called road rage now, right? We know it as sin. Here's a fun one. <laughs> You're in the express aisle, food store. The sign says 10 items or less. <laughs> and the person in front of you has got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. They got 13 things inside the trolley. The scripture says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. And what the inductive method allows you to do is to be able to see the text for what it says, get to the place where we can get an understanding of what it means, and more importantly, be able to take those truths and apply them immediately to our lives. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to take those six verses, those five verses, 
I got a challenge for you. Remember when I told you to write on, on the half on the back? You still should have a, another half blank, right? Right? Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Here's, I'm going to challenge you to do this. I want you to rewrite verses 1 to 5 in your own words. I want you to write it out like a prayer. And if we have time, if we have time, I may let some of you share it. But I want you all to at least give it a try. I want you to rewrite it like a prayer. Try to put it in your own words. Take some of the definitions I've given you and incorporate it. Write it like a prayer. And let's see what comes out on the, on the other end. Don't rewrite the verses. Put it in your own words. Okay, what I'm going to do just for time, um, anyone want to volunteer and share or read their prayer? Boy, that hand went up quick. All right. Oh Lord, you are my creator. You created me in your image and my being. You know all my thoughts long before I go. You see through me like crystal and know what I'm capable of. When my mind is blank, 
you know you are always with me. Anyone else? Father, I thank you for knowing me, for you are the creator and only the creator can possibly know how his masterpiece functions. From my thoughts to my words, you are amazing in all your splendor, and I thank you for your continued protection and guidance. Lord, you are my blessing. Because of you, I can understand what I need to do in time of trouble. Because of your love and kindness and understanding of my every move, I can turn to you. You know me better than I know myself. With knowing that, I can trust you in all that I do in this life. Until I be with you, I love you, Lord, for your love. For me, even though you know my innocence, you are my life for you. You are my life for you give me life. Dear Father God in heaven, you who made me and blessed me from my conception, who has protected my goings and my comings, you, Father, know my thoughts before I know them. You have plans for me before I make my plans for myself, and only you know the plans you have for me. You know me, Lord, you understand me, and I know you will direct my path. I ask your forgiveness for my lack of faith, and I ask you to strengthen my resolve to please you and to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. How would this affect me if I wanted to sin? Oh Lord, thank you for caring so much and that you know my whole life intimately. No matter what I do, say, or think, you are aware of it even before it takes place. You see right through me and I can hide nothing from you. Help me to be drawn closer to you and allow you to direct every aspect of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a good prayer. Anybody else want to share this? It's only six verses. That's right. That's right. Writing it in your own words helps to solidify those truths. One of the biggest blessings for me, and I can't remember where I got the idea from, but some kind of soul in the faith that Patrick, instead of just verse, verse here, verse, verse there, study through the Psalms. Choose a chapter, mark the references to God, make a list of God, rewrite it as a prayer back to him. Those are his words, are they not? What might this do to my day if I studied in this way? Let's say I had some time in the morning and I started my day off in, in, this, in this vein. What would it do? I make plans. But I make now plans in light of the fact that God, you preside, you're presiding over this. You know what's going to happen. You can see around corners. I can't. 
you know my thoughts. You know my thoughts in this meeting that I'm having at 10 o'clock that I just don't want to be there, but I'm asking you to enclose me, encamp me, confine me, hold my tongue. You still in high school? No? You still in high school? Anybody still in high school? Pastor Tom, you still in high school? How would this affect me at school? How would this affect me in my relationship with the bully? Or with the teacher who gets on my last nerve? The one I was saving for Christmas. How would these verses help me? Can they? It may give me that calmness, that peace. Anybody work with difficult people? Or around difficult people? <laughs> yeah, just as a couple. How would this affect my relationship with them, knowing that God knows me and is intimately acquainted with me, every aspect, parts of me that I don't even know? Can I entrust myself to Him? Can God be trusted with me? Can I trust myself with God? The answer should be yes. Why? Because He knows me. He knows everything there is about me. He knows what makes me tick. He knows what makes me happy. He knows what makes me sad. He knows what my tendency, my bent is towards. Let's read verse 6 again together. And let's read it with a little bit of exuberance. Let's, let's read it how the psalmist may have said it. How does he say it in verse 6? This is good news, folks. I, have to, I don't have to worry now about watching my back. Why? He's got mine. My back and the front. He's got me. He's got my head. That's right. Because he's laid his hand upon me. He got me when I'm laying down. He got me when I'm sitting. I mean, full protection. He knows. Say that again, sister. He knows when you're sitting down and you need to be standing up. That's right. That's right. I hope this helps some. When you go through Romans again and you find those key words, um, and I'm sure you've been looking at them, just make your list. And I, all we did tonight was mark the word and, and make a list. We just recorded the facts as they were. Okay? We got resources like never before today. Um, so, finding out what the words mean today has become a whole lot easier um, with a click of a mouse uh, right over the word we can get the meaning I mean we can get definitions like never before we don't have to um, become students of Hebrew even though it might be good we don't have to become students of Greek even though it's good again the resources are there alright so today you and I have no excuse to not be studying to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen who 
need not be ashamed because they're able to rightly divide the word of truth. What does it say? What does it mean? What do I do with it? Amen? Any thoughts, questions? Before we go. Dumb idea, bad idea? Yes, ma'am. It becomes very personal now. No longer exact. And that's what we want. We want it to be personal. Because that's what Bible study is, right? right? Anyone else? Any? And again, start out small. Right? Take any of the Psalms. Woe to Psalm 119. Alright, you're going to be there a while if you choose Psalm 119. But take the small one, Psalm 1. Oh, you want to do something really cool? How many of you know Psalm 23? Anybody ever heard of it? <laughs> Lord is my shepherd, right? Study it inductively. Mark the references to God. Mark the references to the person who's, the, the, whoever the my is. I think it's David or, yeah, right? And, and ask yourself, and make your list of the Lord and, 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 and whoever the, the, the my is. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me. All of those. Make a list. And then write it out as a prayer. Psalm 23. Oh my goodness. Because that's all we are. Little sheep. There. But to know that the shepherd, the chief shepherd, Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the way you expose yourself to us in your word. The way you make yourself known. Father, I pray that as we, with boldness, seek to know you through our study and the reading of your word that you would make yourself be found. Bend our hearts towards you, dear God. Cause us to uh, develop and grow an appetite and a zeal for you as we open the pages of your word. Make us passionate towards you like the psalmist David who we knew it was this mighty warrior, but would have the, the, the sensitivity to be able to, to be so aware of your presence and the role that you played in his life. Father, such knowledge is too wonderful for us to comprehend. And God, we thank you. And go with us now as we return to our various places of abode. Even as we drive, dear God, fill our hearts with thoughts of you. Give us healthy doses of opportunities to sit at your feet, as it were, and to learn of you. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear your heart for us. Father, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.